0: Well, folks, are you ready for Christmas? (laughs) Now, pretend like you're six years old, and I'm going to ask that question again. Are you ready for Christmas? All right. Yeah, the adults say no, the children say yes. It reminds me of a little boy who had been asking incessantly for the same gift over and over again. He wanted a new big boy watch for his wrist. His dad said, if you ask me one more time for a watch, you're not going to get anything for Christmas. So that was the end of that. Well, they're sitting around for Christmas dinner. And uh, the father said, now I want everybody to quote their favorite Christmas Bible verse uh, before we have our meal. And when it finally came around to the little boy, he said, my favorite verse is Mark 13:17, which says, I'll say to you what I've already said. Watch. Are you ready for Christmas? Some of you are saying I've got to finish the Christmas Eve dinner and got presents to wrap and toys to assemble and I've got to roast chestnuts on an open fire and got to hang stockings on our fake TV fireplace. Now we've got all these crazy things that we're trying to get done on Christmas Eve. But tomorrow, tomorrow morning, the whole world will stop. Everything seems to shut down on Christmas Day. Stores shut down except for your local 7-Eleven. Everything seems to stop. The freeways are empty. In fact, tomorrow is Sunday, and normally when we have Christmas Day, there's nothing going on. but. Even churches are shutting down on Christmas Day. Now, we'll have one service at 10 o'clock. That was a shameless plug, I realize. But uh, uh, we will be here. But, but everybody else just kind of shuts down for Christmas. We watch. We wait. What a great event. What is it that causes the entire world to stop? What is it that focuses on a single event so that freeways empty... Offices are closed and the whole world stops to observe that single event. I guess it really begs the question, at least I ask this question a lot of myself and those that are around me. What's the big deal? Why is Christmas such a big deal? Those of us who are Christians recognize that Christ is part of our lives every day. But what difference does Christmas make to you and to me? I mean, a baby born on the other side of the world 2,000 years ago can actually stop traffic and close shops in Chandler, Arizona in 2011. What's the big deal? Well, that's what I'd like to talk to you about tonight. The short answer is this. Jesus was no ordinary baby. If he had stayed in a crib and grew up to be just kind of a normal guy, that would be one thing. But instead, the Bible says that he grew up He said some very controversial things, things that got him in a lot of trouble. He talked crazy things about God and their relationship to man. And then he died on a cross, claiming that your sins and my sins, past, present, and future, were on him. And he died for those sins. And then the angels declared, for unto us a child is born a savior. Is that true of you? For unto you is born a savior. And that's exactly what he did. He became our savior. Let me ask a question for all of us. Really, and and I'm asking this with all honesty, so what? A lot of people believe in God. 90% of Americans believe that there's some kind of a higher being. There's a God out there. But not everybody believes that they're in need of a savior. Well, people that are sinners need saviors. And a lot of people think they're just as good as the next guy next door. But what if he did come. And what if he did become our savior? What difference does that make? Let me be bold and say it this way. I believe it makes all the difference in the world. Let me let me explain that. And, And I want to be as simple and as straightforward as I possibly can this evening. The Bible says that because Jesus Christ came at Christmas, three things could be true of your life. Three Christmas presents under the Christmas tree can be given to you if you will only hold out your hands and receive them. Those three things that can be true of you are this that your past can be forgiven. And I would say that for myself my past can be forgiven. My present can be lived abundantly. And my future. Can be guaranteed. Now, when you hear those three things, if those three things could be yours, you'd have to say that's a pretty good deal. Whatever, whatever I need to do to get that, man, that that's something because that answers all of the questions of man: past, present, and future. How can we live and live a life that makes a difference? Nobody wants to just live, just exist. Nobody wants just to take up air. We want to make a difference in our world. And the Bible says that because Jesus Christ came at Christmas, our past can be forgiven. Our present can be lived abundantly, and our future can be guaranteed. So let's look at those three things tonight. The first thing is this. Because Jesus Christ came at Christmas, my past can be forgiven. Now, to many, I believe that sounds almost too good to be true. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me when I've suggested that that God will forgive them of their sins. You say, well, Pastor, you you don't know my past. (laughs) You, you don't know my sin. You don't know how big I have sinned. And I guess my response is always the same. You don't know how big God's love is. You don't know how wide God's mercy is. You don't know how deep God's grace is. We all seem to think that there's something that we have done in the history of mankind that can't be forgiven. And the beauty of Christmas says This one simple fact. You can be forgiven. You can experience that. Sherry and I love to uh, watch Christmas movies. Uh, Starting uh, Thanksgiving night, we watch, depending on how late I get home from work, we watch either five minutes of a movie or sometimes half a movie. But we watch most of our favorite Christmas movies throughout the season. And one of our favorites is uh, Scrooge, or not Scrooge, not the Bill Murray one, but the, uh, you know, the Christmas Carol. Now, I don't know what your favorite Christmas Carol is. It could be the Alistair Sim one. Uh, ours is the, uh, the, what's the guy? George C. Scott one, made in the 1970s. And uh, now, if you think the favorite... Uh, Christmas Carol is either The Muppets or Jim Carrey. You need to reread Dickens, okay? Because those aren't, those aren't the best uh, renditions. But we watch, uh, we watch the one with George C. Scott. Because I love, in that one, The Ghost of Marley. Marley's ghost. So um, uh, Scrooge gets all settled in into his dank, dark bedroom with his gruel, and he's sitting there. And Marley's ghost appears, and it's a it's a wonderful pi- uh, picture of this ghost. And he's got this this huge chain on him that he's dragging in. And Scrooge says, "What's that chain?" He said, "Well, this is what I forged in my life." These are my sins. These are the things that I did wrong to mankind. And, and look how long this, he says, it's a ponderous chain. It's, it's huge. And Scrooge says, well, that's kind of your problem. You know, Marley, I, that has nothing to do with me. He said, but, but Scrooge, you've had seven more years to add to your chain. Just imagine how long your chain is. Well, how long's your chain? Is it ponderous like Marley's? My guess is for most of us. Yeah, it pretty much is. We recognize that we're sinners. I think there's not very few people I've ever come in contact with that don't recognize that they have told a lie, which makes them a liar, or they've cheated that makes them a cheater, or they've been dishonest that makes them dishonest. I mean, we just do. We are sinners, and we recognize that. But what do we do with that pain, and that guilt, and that shame? What do we do with that? There's nothing in your past that is unforgivable. There is nothing in your past that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Do you realize that God is waiting for you truly with open arms to forgive you and to love you? Many of you have been around church enough to know um, they, they did a few years ago. They did. What um, are the most recognizable stories in the Bible? The number one recognizable story in the Bible through about uh, through all people is uh, the Good Samaritan. The number two most recognizable story is the story of the prodigal son. And I think that resonates with all of us because, well, because all of us are prodigal sons and daughters at some point in our lives, right? We've, we've all been there. Well, the story in the Bible is that this young man, one of two sons, wants his inheritance now so that he can spend it now. It's kind of a bratty, snot-nosed teenager. And the kid takes his inheritance and runs off, and the Bible says that uh, he lives in, in riotous living, wine, women, and song. He spends all of his father's fortune, or half of his father's, finds himself in a pigsty eating corn cobs and says to himself, this is ridiculous. What am I doing here? Maybe if I go back and beg my father for forgiveness, he'll let me work on his farm or something. But this is ridiculous. So the boy crawls back towards home with his tail between his legs, recognizing that he is a miserable son. He is a miserable failure. And the Bible says when he was still a long ways off, the father saw him. And came running to him. And embraced him. And when you look at the original text, when it, 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 he embraced him and he kissed him. And it, what the text means is that he couldn't stop kissing his head. Now, this is the teenager, and if he was years of my teenager, we'd say, it's just, you know, you've, you've blown it, buddy, you're just done. You just have to go find another family. But this father embraced him and welcomed him, later gave him a coat, a beautiful coat, and a ring to put on his finger. And this kid was worthless, but not to his father. There was nothing that that son could do that was unforgivable, unforgivable to his father. How much more so? Your heavenly father. How much more does God show his love for you, even in your worst sin, even in your most dire circumstances? He shows the depth of his love and the width of his mercy. That's God's love for you. Uh, One of my favorite kind of obscure theologians about half a century ago. Uh, was a man by the name of Watchman Nee. He was, a, he was a Chinese theologian, and he wrote a book, The Normal Christian Life. And in The Normal Christian Life, he addresses this fact that people say, You know, I've done, my sins are too great and too big, God could never forgive me, because I've really found a sin nobody's ever committed, and I, and I did it. You know, and I'm just a rotten, terrible person. And that's kind of the way we approach So God doesn't want anything to do with me. And here's what Watchman Nee says to that He says, How dare you presume that your sin is bigger than the blood of Christ. Isn't that beautiful? How dare you believe that you have done something that makes you so heinous and unforgivable that the blood of Christ that was shed for your sins does not cover it. See, one of the greatest things you can experience in, at Christmas time is that your past is forgiven. Romans three twenty three and 24 says it this way, all of us have sinned, Yet now God declares us not guilty of offending him if we trust in Christ who freely takes away our sin. Isn't that great? Who freely takes away our sin. There is no sin or no broken heart that is so big that the love of God cannot forgive. We've all, we all have a past. We all need forgiveness. Uh, you've read these letters to Santa that you see on the uh, internet and one of my favorite goes like this. Dear Santa, there are three little boys who live at this house. There is Jeffrey, he is two. There is David, he is four. And there is Norman, he is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good almost never. Uh, but Norman is good all of the time. Uh, signed, love Norman, as, um, as you would expect. But we aren't all Normans. In fact, there's, there's a little bit of uh, Jeffrey and David and me. I'm sure there is in you as well. And we know that we have sinned. That We know that we have run away from God. We know we have turned our back on his goodness and love. We know that we have ignored God and his grace. We all have regrets. Chains like Marley. Ponderous chains. That have been have a devastating effect on our lives. It robs us of our happiness. It causes depression. It can make you sick. How do I get rid of the guilt? How do I get rid of the shame? And people try everything. We've all tried everything, right? Drugs, alcohol, support groups. I even tried Disneyland to make me feel better. And it works for a while, as all those things do. But anything to cover up the pain and the guilt of my past. But here's the truth. And I I think most of you recognize this right away. There's only one solution To a sinful past. There's only one solution to a past that is broken and sinful and ugly. And it's this. It's forgiveness. It's forgiveness. The good news is that God wants to forgive you. He wants to clear your conscience. When God forgives you, there's several things, the Bible says, that happens. Things that you can experience right now. So when you're forgiven by God, here's three things the Bible says you get. The first thing is that that forgiveness is instantaneous. It's instant. He doesn't make you wait to show that you're okay before he forgives you. If you ask him, the Bible says that God cannot lie. He says, I will forgive you in a moment. Something else about his forgiveness, it's undeserved. You'll never earn it. You can't work for it. You can't beg God for it enough. You can't bribe God for it. It's, it's undeserved. And the other thing that God's forgiveness is, is it's complete. The Bible says when we confess our sins to God, we give them to Christ. He says, their sins I will remember no more. Can you imagine having your sins remembered no more? Now let's say, God forbid, that you do something tonight. You leave this building after our candle lighting outside and it's wonderful and God forbid you get hit by a truck of mistletoe and um, you wake up in heaven and and God says, Why should I let you stay here? And you say, Well, you know about that, you know, I feel kind of guilty about some things in my life. You know that, that ugly divorce that I caused? And, 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 and God says to you, uh, What, what divorce? Well, oh, you know, God, those, those terrible things I said and did to my kids, and I, I regret them, and I don't know what, 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 what things? You see, when we allow Jesus to be our Lord and Savior to take all the hits for us, from our sin, when we allow Him to literally shoulder our blame on the cross. The Bible says that He remembers our sin no more. Is that a gift you could receive? Is that a gift you could hold and embrace? To know that your past is completely forgiven? What God forgets, you can too. The good news is that you can be forgiven of your past. There's something else that God wants to give to us, something rather beautiful. Not only is your past forgiven, but he wants to give you a present that really matters. He wants to give you a now that is significant. A present that can be lived abundantly. There's a a few months ago, a a gal uh, came to our church and Uh, After a few weeks, uh, she experienced um, new life in Christ. She gave her heart to Jesus, and she began uh, kind of learning about her new life and experiencing that new life. And she couldn't be here for the holidays, so um, uh, she wrote a letter to you. Those of you who are part of Hope on a regular basis, uh, she wrote this letter to you. She said, to my, my new family at Hope, I just wanted to thank you for bringing so much love and joy into my life. Guided by God, I entered hope a few months back, not knowing what to expect. And what I have received has been beyond my wildest dreams. I just want to thank you for assisting God in opening my eyes, my heart, and my life to so much beauty and purpose. I truly felt like I was accepted and belonged from day one when I received my first hug and good morning. There is truly love at hope. I just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for all that you have done. That's a person who's living their life now abundantly. She said now she has um, the two words she used, beauty and purpose in her life. Wouldn't that be exciting? That's a gift that God wants to give you tonight. Not only can your past be forgiven, but you can live a life today of beauty and purpose. So much of our life we're trying to accumulate things and we're trying to reach into accolades and we're trying to find out accomplishments and trying to prove that we're okay. And God says if you give your heart and your life to Him, that He will give you a real purpose for living, a beauty in the way that you live your life. It's a Wonderful thing that God wants to give to you and to me to live a life abundantly. The Bible says in John 10 that he wants to give you a life that is abundant, that is rich, that is full with meaning. How beautiful is that? It's not about what we can accomplish. It's not about what we can accumulate. It's not about the accolades that we draw. But it's about experiencing life every single day with beauty and purpose you can live abundantly now but what about the future it's good that our sins are forgiven in the past and it's wonderful that we can live abundantly with beauty and purpose today but what about our future because Jesus Christ came at Christmas my future can be guaranteed now that's not a promise from me that's a promise from God listen to Hebrews chapter 2 a couple of verses in that in that chapter Here's what it says. Jesus became like us to set free those who were slaves all their lives because of the fear of death. Did you know the number one fear of Americans is the fear of death? It's a universal problem. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, because we know that uh, when you die, you're not taking U-Haul with you wherever you go. Right. You're gone. You know, when you die. It's not rich or poor. It's not educated, uneducated, white, black, or brown, whatever. We're all going to face death. It's a universal problem. It is an inevitable fact of life that you and I are going to die. Now, I know people don't like to talk about that, especially on Christmas Eve. But here's the reality. The mortality rate in America, do you know what it is? I read recent statistics. It's 100%. It still is. Mortality rate in America is 100%. Since we're going to die, it seems foolish to me to go through life unprepared for something that you know is inevitable. Now, I I studied math and science when I was in college, so I like to think through these things and think logically. It doesn't make any sense to me that if we know that we're going to face death someday, that we better find out what's on the other side of that, right? That's what we want to do. It just doesn't make sense to not know what's going to happen when I'm going to die. So that's where the Bible comes in. Now, back in 2007 uh, at Thanksgiving time, um, I through a series of things, and I will tell you the whole story, but somehow I got some blood clots lodged in my lungs, okay? Now, I didn't know what was happening. I, I wasn't that dumb, but I just basically ignored all the symptoms. I used to think I was maybe working out too hard, but anybody that saw me work out would say, well, that's really not the issue. Uh, but, but something was going on, and I had pains in my legs and all of that, and then I, at a staff meeting on a Tuesday, I, I started to pass out, and I told the staff, I said, to take me to the emergency room. I went there, and when I was waiting on the table, um, I, was, I was getting ready to pass out, and I had this thought, and it was my last thought, this, I'm going to die. I honestly thought that. I said, this is it. I'm going to die. Now, here's what I thought when I, that thought crossed my mind that I was going to die. Man, I don't know if Sherry knows where all the insurance papers are. And I don't know if she knows where all these things are. And I'm thinking about all these things. And, 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 and what's interesting about all that? Well, first of all, like Tiny Tim, I did not die. And, um, uh, and, and, and I did show her where all the insurance papers were and everything. But, but here's the deal. Not, not one instant, not one second during that time when I thought I was going to die was I afraid. You know why? I settled that when I was 16 years old. I took care of that many, many years ago when I allowed Jesus to come into my life to forgive my past, to give me an abundant life in my now, and to secure my future through a relationship with Jesus Christ that connected me to God for all eternity. I took care of that. I don't have to worry about death. How do you make certain what's going to happen on the other side? The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. That's one appointment you will not be late for. Now, some of you are late, you know, you come late to church so you can sit in the back. And I respect that. But some appointments you're never going to be late for, and that is when you die. You will make that appointment. Jesus says he came to set us free, and he came to set us free from the fear of death. Why? If you already know where you're going, and you already have a relationship to God and he is your Lord and your Savior, you will never again be worried about what's going to happen next. Because what's going to happen next is you will wake up in the face of Jesus Christ. You will wake up in his presence. And I say that with absolute sincerity and surety. I am not afraid to die. And you don't need to be afraid to die either. Christmas means that you receive God's gift of life through Jesus Christ. You receive the gift of eternal life. That's part of being part of God's family. You're in his family forever. You were created to live forever. Yeah, that's another thing that never logically made sense to me. Even when I was in college studying uh, engineering and stuff, and people say, well, let's think logically. It never made any logical sense to me that a person would live on this earth and then somehow die and die into oblivion. I mean, you live and then nothing after. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But you can be sure of your future. You can be sure of what you do and know and experience after death because Jesus Christ has made a way to where you can be absolutely guaranteed that your eternity with him is settled once and for all. What an amazing gift. That's what we've been talking about tonight. Gifts that God wants to give you. Gifts that are, you'll find under the Christmas tree. But those gifts have to be received and they have to be opened for them to be yours. Can you imagine if you had those three gifts? The gift of forgiveness. The scripture says, let us praise God for the free gift he has given us in his son. We are set free. Our sins are forgiven. That takes care of my past. The gift of abundant living today. That takes care of my present. Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. Not peace of mind and heart one day in the future. Peace of mind and heart right now. So don't be troubled or afraid. Live for today, Jesus said, for I am with you. And he also wants to give us the gift of eternal life. Romans 6:23 says, "The gift of God is the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord." Those gifts are yours for the taking. There's a story of a teenage boy, and it's not a very very happy story. But this boy, when he became a teenager, he was raised in a Christian home. His mom and dad loved the Lord and tried to raise the boy in Sunday school and church. And when he got to be about 15, 16, he kind of got off the tracks with some different activities and started rejecting his parents' faith, rebelling against going to church and Sunday school and just wanted to live his own life. And he said many, many times to his friends, I can't wait till my 18th birthday because when I'm 18, I am out of there. They have put their thumb on me. They have kept me from doing what I want to do. And I'm not, the only reason I'm waiting till I'm 18 is because I think if I'm good enough at home, they're going to give me a car. And he'd been asking for a car for about two years since he turned 16. He'd been asking for a car. His parents said, well, not yet. Maybe someday. Not now. We don't have money. You're not very responsible someday. So on his 18th birthday, which, by the way, was also on Christmas Day. His birthday was December 25th. On his 18th birthday, he was opening up all of his all of his Christmas gifts. And then he opened up his birthday gift. And he thought, okay, this is going to be great. I wonder what's going to be. He opened it up and he tore the paper off. And what he found was a Bible He was so angry and so furious at his parents that they were kind of pushing this Bible in his face. He threw it down on the floor. He walked out of the house and he said, I'll never ever come back to this house. For five years, this kid disappeared. Five years. There was no word from him. No one knew where he was. And finally, after five years, the kid had grown up just a little bit. And he said, you know, maybe I need to make amends with my folks. Maybe now they'll see that they need to be nice to me. And and I'll just go home on Christmas and and see if we can kind of make amends and maybe start all over. So the boy went home. And the next on Christmas Eve, the next morning on Christmas, they opened their gifts, and he opened up a gift that his parents they were so glad that he was home, and the brothers and sisters were so thrilled that he was home, and he opened up a gift, and it was that same Bible. That same Bible, only this time, he opened it up. And then on the inside was a key to a brand new car that that was in there five years ago, that cardman sitting in the garage covered with the tarp for five years. The gift that he really wanted was in the gift that he really needed. Now, this Bible, let's say this Bible represents Jesus Christ. In this Bible, we can put the fact that your past can be forgiven right in here. In this Bible, we can put that your present can be lived abundantly with beauty and purpose. In this Bible, you can put that your your future is absolutely secured in Jesus Christ, and all three of those gifts are found in the person of Jesus Christ. If you receive Jesus Christ, you receive all that he wants to give you. A past that's forgiven, a present that's lived fully, and a future that is secure in him. Let me ask you a question. Have you received God's Christmas gift of Jesus Christ? Have you accepted God's gift of forgiveness? His gift of abundant life? His gift of eternity? It's not found under a tree, but it's as near and as available as your very next breath. How do you receive this amazing gift? By faith. The Bible says that you have access to all that Jesus is by faith, not by doing good things because you can't ever be good enough, but by simply believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins and has a desire to be your Lord and your Savior. How much faith do I need, Pastor? The Bible says you need the faith of a mustard seed, which is one of the smallest seeds in the world. That small amount of faith connects you to a God who loves you, a God who wants to forgive your past, A God who wants to give you a beautiful, purposeful now and a God who wants to give you an eternity that's absolutely secure. That's God's present to you on Christmas Eve. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed. This evening, I know there's many of you that are are fairly new to our church or you haven't been here for a while, but tonight there have been things that you have heard that, Even as I was talking, you could sense that there was something going on inside of you. Let me tell you what that is. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Bearing witness with your spirit that what you have heard tonight is true. That stirring that movement inside of you that you're not quite sure what it means. That's the Lord saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock, knocking on your heart's door. If any man hears My voice and allows me to come in I will come into him and I will sup with him The lord jesus christ desires to come into your life And by doing so forgiving your past Giving you a, a present that is beautiful And giving you a future that is secure If that's your desire tonight I would invite you to say a prayer with me Now the prayer the words that you say are not there's nothing magical about them God is looking at your heart He's looking at your faith. But you can use these words that I will share with you. And if you believe them, you can share them with him. And I'd like you to just pray to him the prayer that I'm going to suggest. Not out loud, but in the very quietness of your own heart. Pray these words. Dear Father, I know that my life is broken. I know that I'm a sinner. Every time I try and do the right thing, I seem to mess it up and Well, I know that I need your help. Lord, my past is pretty bad. I've done a lot of things wrong. But if what Pastor Dwayne has said tonight is true, I want to invite you into my life so that my past can be forgiven. And so that I can live a life of joy and purpose. And so that I can secure a place in heaven for all eternity. So by faith, with the small amount of faith that I have, I invite Jesus into my heart to be my Savior and to be my Lord. And I give him, I surrender my life to him, everything that I am and everything I believe. And I do this in the name of Jesus. With your heads still bowed and your eyes closed, I would love to know those of you who prayed that prayer tonight so that I can continue to pray for you. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you, if you will, those of you that prayed that prayer, to raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, I want you to just look up at me.